The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. from our studios in Sarasota, Florida. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world to listen to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. You know, this week has been particularly difficult for me. I lost my 15-year-old dog. I had to put him down. His name was Thames. In the last year or so, his health has really deteriorated. So he went peacefully late Sunday afternoon. Rest in peace, my little lovely boy. Remember that your mother loves you and that when you get to Rainbow Bridge, your grandparents, your brother Hudson, the baby Sophie and dear Uncle Lee with Scooter will be waiting for you. Rainbow Bridge is a place there is endless play, treats falling from the sky, dog toys galore, and dogs frolicking in fields and dog parks. I know it's hard to lose a dog or a cat because they're such a beloved family member. And to all of you who have lost your dog this year, you're in my thoughts and my prayers. And this show is dedicated to Thames. You can see pictures of him on our social media pages. On a happier note, let's kick off the show, Dr. Fleck, with our weekly countdown, okay? Yes. Well, in segment four, we're talking with Finn Williams, whose water-loving cat is now a top model for pet and water sport brands and will soon be featured in a commercial. We're going to find out how he did it. In segment three, Charlotte and I are talking with the Humane Society's John Goodwin about their investigation of Petland, the national retailer, about their selling of sick puppies at premium rates. And two, in this portion of the show, I always dish about celebrities and their pets. And I talk about common medical problems that dog and cat owners should be aware of. And in segment one, have you ever noticed a cloudiness in your dog or cat's eyes? Many people mention such eye changes during a veterinary visit. In many cases, this cloudiness is cataracts. And joining us today is veterinarian Dr. Emily Sharp McCool, an assistant professor of ophthalmology in the Department of Veterinary Clinical Sciences and a diplomat of the American College of Veterinary Ophthalmologists at Oklahoma State University College of Veterinary Medicine. Dr. McCool, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Hi. Hi, Dr. Flack. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. What are canine cataracts, and is it similar to human cataracts? Uh, Well, the definition of a cataract is an opacity in the lens, which the lens is the clear, somewhat spherical structure inside the eye that focuses light on the retina. So a cataract is any opacity that forms in a lens that's supposed to be totally clear. And this is true for humans, dogs, cats, really any species. Hmm. Now we know what it is. Well, most people think canine cataracts is associated with old age. Is that always the case? 
you know, and people, cataracts do tend to be associated with old age, and that's in large part due to a cumulative effect of UV exposure over the course of a person's life. Mm-hmm. So remember to always wear your sunglasses. In dogs, it's much more common for a young or middle-aged dog to develop cataracts. And that's because the most common reason for a dog to develop cataracts is that they're hereditary or a gene has been passed down to them that puts them at increased risk of developing cataracts. The second most common reason for a dog to develop cataracts is an association with diabetes. So would I find the gene if I did a DNA test for cataracts? Most commonly, no. There are a few genetic tests out there for cataracts in dogs, but not very many breed-specific ones. So what are the early signs of this eye malady in dogs? Well, if you have an advanced cataract, that'll make the pupil, which normally looks black, look white. Um, Other signs to watch for would be if your dog is showing signs that he or she is having trouble seeing, such as difficulty finding a toy, bumping into objects, or maybe difficulty navigating stairs. When the cataract is very small, it is likely you won't notice any problems with your dog's eyes. However, your veterinarian was going to check your dog's eyes at his or her wellness exam every time they go in to look for any subtle changes. And I think that's a really good point. I think it's a really good idea when you get your yearly exam to make sure your veterinarian checks your dog's eyes. Because I know sometimes that hasn't happened, and then people all of a sudden don't really know that there's a problem. I mean, I know you do it, Dr. It's, yeah, I do. And so people just recognize that the reason we are looking at those eyes in particular is because of the development yeah. of potential cataracts. Or any other eye malady. Okay. So if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dr. Emily McCool of Oklahoma State about canine cataracts. So I'm just curious, uh, Dr. Emily, can cataracts be prevented? doesn't sound like it, but I figured I'd ask the question anyway. Of course, sure. So unfortunately, there is no proven way available to us to prevent cataracts in dogs, even though there may be eye drops and supplements that you could find online that make that claim. One of the best ways that we can prevent cataracts is through responsible breeding of purebred dogs, and that's going to include an annual eye exam for any adult dog that's intended for breeding. If the dog has cataracts, obviously it will be recommended that he or she not be bred so that this gene is not passed on to the puppies. The other big way to help is, again, to make sure you're visiting your veterinarian as recommended for a complete wellness exam. So when your vet diagnoses a cataract, referral to a veterinary ophthalmologist can be facilitated to help manage this disease. And if surgery is warranted, um, we can help with planning to make sure we do all we can to achieve a successful outcome. Well, Doc, you just mentioned surgery. Is is cataract surgery helpful and is it expensive? So cataract surgery, it is one of the more expensive surgeries that we perform. Um, the cataract is removed with a process called phacoemulsification, which is the use of ultrasonic energy to break up the cataract. And then we subsequently aspirate that cataract out of the eye. In most cases, we implant an artificial lens to replace the cataractus lens that was removed. One difference between dogs and humans when it comes to cataract surgery is that dogs must be completely under general anesthesia for this surgery. Then after the surgery, we recommend that the dog wear a protective e-collar or the cone of shame so that they cannot (laughs) rub at their eyes while they're healing. And they'll receive several different eye drops and oral medications to help with the healing process. We tend to see them back for several recheck appointments in that first one to two months after surgery, and then we start to space the recheck appointments out as long as they're doing well. 
I mean, does Absolutely. it does it hurt yeah. the dog who has cataracts? Does the surgery hurt the dog? No, mean? just generally having cataracts. Is it painful? Oh, the short answer is no. So just having a cataract present will obviously, if it's an advanced cataract, impair their vision. But having the cataract there by itself isn't painful. What can happen, though, is the cataract can increase their risk of inflammation inside the eye. And so that's why it's important to treat them with eye drops if they do anti-inflammatory eye drops, if they do have cataracts, to help prevent them from becoming painful. Just just to help people in their direction about whether they're capable of having cataract surgery for their pet. I was always taught that it, that the the cataract had to be ripe before it could be removed. Is that still the existing information? That's that's absolutely true. Yeah. So the way that I um, always talk about it is that I need for the benefits of surgery to outweigh the risks of surgery, and so we need to be sure that we are setting ourselves up for a successful outcome, A, so that the dog will have vision afterwards, and B, unfortunately, the success rate with cataract surgery is not 100%. And so the last thing we would want to do is take a dog that still has good vision. If we did cataract surgery and it wasn't successful so for some reason, so if they got a complication afterwards that caused them to lose their vision, then at that point, it doesn't seem like the benefits of it outweighed the risk. Sure. Dr. McCool, great information. I know that our listeners will really appreciate that information. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, everyone, that was Dr. Emily McCool. For more information, visit okstate.edu. We are going to post an article of Dr. McCool's on our social media channels so you can learn more. That would be wonderful. Okay. Well, stay tuned. Up next, as always, in segment two, we've got celebrity pet news and, of course, Lex Facts. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. Often should you bathe your pet? Well, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm asked that question often. How often you should wash your dog depends on a number of factors, including his health, breed, coat, and activity level, as well as where these activities are taking place. Dogs who spend days outside rolling in things are going to need a bath far more often than the ones who spend most of their time on the couch. Or you can always take the smell test. If your dog walked into the room and you can smell them, it's time for a bath. Make sure when it's time for a bath, you gather up all the supplies, including a non-slip mat and plenty of towels. Use shampoo formulated for dogs and turn your cell phone off to avoid distraction. And if you have a dog that hates getting a bath, smear some peanut butter on the bathtub wall and let him lick it off while you bathe him. Then he'll know bathing can really be a treat. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? 
EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Thank you so much for joining the Pet Buzz. This show is hosted by the Pet Dynamic Duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. I'm going to kick off this uh, segment with celebrity pet news. You know, actor Orlando Bloom, oh, God, he's a dream. He's inconsolable over the disappearance of his poodle whose name Mighty. It seemed that Mighty went missing several days ago in the Santa Barbara area, and Bloom has sent out a plea for the return of his dog to no avail. Orlando said that he can't recall a time in his life where he has been so broken or wide open. He further went on to say that the rawness that he had felt over these past few days and sleepless nights at the idea of his little man, his little four-legged friend being lost and scared with him, being unable to do anything to protect him, is literally a waking nightmare. So Bloom went on to further say the bond between Mighty and I show devotion in ways that I have not truly understood until now. I am a devoted father and partner. You know, his girlfriend's Katy Perry, and I believe they're having a baby. Still, there's a reason why they call him man's best friend. I miss him. He misses his dog so much. Well, Orlando asks that we send out a prayer for his little mighty boy to find his way back to the family. Mighty has medical issues. So anybody out there in the Santa Barbara area, if you find him, Take him to a veterinary, and I'm going to post a picture on our social media channel so you know what Mighty looks like, so that way if you see him, you can drop him off at a vet. You know, I know how Orlando Bloom feels. You guys remember when Hammy Jones, I call him HJ, went missing. Hammy is the baby of the family. He's never been anywhere, so when he went missing, it was such anguish. I was, like, literally pulling my hair out. Thank goodness he was returned for a mere $500. But even so, even the finder of the dog who gave him a haircut for reasons unbeknownst to Dr. Fleck and myself, it's inexplicable to us why he would give him a haircut. We understand that anguish. And I'm sure if you've lost a dog, you do too. So good luck, Orlando. We're going to be praying for you and Mighty. And for that, he has returned quickly and that he is healthy. Okay. And now what you've been waiting for, Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's going to take long. You got the time. Dr. Fleck, what are we talking about today? Scabies. Well, a patient came into my discount clinic, and his cat had scabies. I was really concerned, because along with the parents came a little girl along with it, And with those small children and with the adults, we know that scabies can affect people. So we're talking about scabies. Okay. So Dr. Fleck, what is feline scabies and what causes it? Notoetric mange. Is that like didactic mange? Uh, The ones? uh, Notoetric, you know. Okay. Scientific. Okay. Okay. That's also known as feline scabies is caused by the mite. Notoedris cati. These microscopic monsters 
attach themselves to the cat's skin, and after mating, the female mites burrow beneath the skin. And while all cats may contact nodoedric mange, young kitties are the greatest at risk. So does this only happen after mating? The actual burrowing into the skin? Yes. And making a new home for themselves? Right. Yeah. Okay. But then why are young kittens at great, greater risk? Young kittens don't have the same resistance that adults do. Okay. So that makes sense. Okay. So you mentioned the cat's home, that there was a small child. So can a person get scabies from a cat? Well, there's, there, there's a little difference of opinion here, but pets are infested by different types of mites than those that are, can affect people. Okay. All right. This happens to be one of them. Animals are not normally a source to spread human scabies. When the cat or the feline mites land on a human skin, they fail to thrive. They don't dig in to the skin. All they will produce, essentially, is that mild itch that could perpetuate itself. So it's a little different in pets than it is in people, but the people can still be affected by the scabies. So that's why you were worried about the small child. Absolutely. So especially when we're seeing and and, and women, they love to attach themselves to an area that is something attached to the skin that's tight to the skin and produces moisture. So in women that will see scabies, it's usually around... We're talking the, about felines. Now. I know, but okay. for people where, where it seems to bother them is around the, the rim of the bra and around the panty line. So women have a tendency to itch and they don't know why they're itching. And that's where okay. they seem to attach. Well, let's talk about so let's cats. Let's talk about cats. Okay. So what are the symptoms of mites on cats? So scabies causes severe itching in cats. Skin crust. Hair loss first appear maybe around the ears and head and neck area, but can spread over the entire body. Veterinarians diagnose the mange by using a microscopic evaluation of a scraping of that skin. Okay. So be prepared to pay extra because you're going to get your cat skin scraped. That's right. Okay. You know, I, I talk about money because I want you guys to, you know, not be surprised when you go to the vet's office, I mean, these extra things cost money, but they're a necessity. So it might cost money, but it's def- you definitely need to spend the money. If there's a health issue, one has to use tools to diagnose what the problem is so that veterinarians can correct it. Right. But, you know, we talk about these things in monetary terms, so you'll be prepared. Okay. So how do you get rid of scabies on cats? Well, your vet will probably prescribe medication to kill the mites depending upon the type of mange and your cat, medication may be applied topically by injection or by shampoo and a dip. Um, Your vet may also prescribe an antibacterial shampoo or anti-inflammatories and antibiotics to try to treat the skin issues and ease the inflammation. And I would point out today we're really fortunate because most of the flea products for cats – your Advantage Multi-Front Line, et cetera, they all can kill the mites. Okay, that's great. Now, last question. How can you prevent a reoccurrence of mange? So your cat has been diagnosed with mange. You'll need to thoroughly clean or replace the bedding, the collar, the toys, the dishes. And if you suspect (laughs) the neighbor's cat may be infected, keep your pets away so that 
the disease can't be transmitted. That makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, sure. Okay. So bring your cat to the vet as directed and with rechecks to make sure that it's completely removed and ensure that the mites have been eradicated for good. That totally makes sense to me. Anything else? That's all the Flex Facts for this week. Well, that was a great segment. Really helpful, really interesting. So I want everyone to stick around because, you know, there's more of the very informative pet buzz coming up very soon. We're going to take a commercial break, but I bet you can't wait for my I like you of the week. So uh, I'm Rex. Hi. Normally, I'm pretty nervous when my human, they put me in the back of the car and I hear that word, uh, vet. But uh, I don't know, this uh, this Dr. Fleck guy, he seems like he could be okay. You know, like, uh, I might even get a treat. Listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Welcome back. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. And now for the I like of the week. Need to confine your dog or cat or prevent your dog or cat door dasher from rushing out the door when Amazon comes? My solution is a Cardinal Gates retractable mesh gate. Consider this mesh gate when you need a safety gate but want the flexibility of storing it out of the way. The gate can be locked in both the extended or the rolled up closed position. The mesh allows visibility while creating a soft wall. This gate is child safe and most importantly great for pets. Keep the gate retracted and out of the way when not in use or easily remove it from the mounting brackets and store for later use. There are no obstructions to your path while while this gate is retracted, best installed in a doorway or in the location of a stud. You have the option of installing a second set of hardware to give you the ability to easily relocate the gate to another part of the home. The minimalist, sleek, and modern design is a great addition to any home And the mesh model is available in two colors, black 
or white. Check it out at cardinalgates.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-N-A-L-G-A-T-E-S.com. We're going to post one of these great Cardinal Mesh Gates on our social media channels so you can have a looky. That's it for the I Likey of the Week. Seems as if our next guest is holding on the phone, but I want to introduce the segment because I think this is important. In July of 2017, the Animal Legal Defense Fund filed a lawsuit alleging that the pet store chain Petland, a national pet retailer, engaged in fraudulent scheme to sell puppy mill puppies to consumers at premium prices based on fraudulent health guarantees in which veterinarians certified the health of these dogs, cats, and other animals that were sold to unsuspecting pet lovers. Then a few months later, additionally two months later, on September 11 of all days, that same year, the Center for Disease Control announced that it was investigating a multi-stake outbreak of human Campylobacter bacteria linked to puppies sold at Petland stores. So the illness associated with the outbreak dated back to September 2016 and has affected people in Florida, Kansas, Missouri, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. So those folks that were infected, including 12 Petland employees and 27 people who either bought a puppy at a Petland, visited a store, or lived in a home with a puppy. Okay, so the CDC reported that those affected range in age from 1 to 64. Nine people have been hospitalized, but there haven't been any reports of death. So the question is, what's going on with Petland even now? So joining us today to talk about Petland, the national retailer and seller of puppies, is John Goodwin. John is the Senior Director of the Humane Society of the United States Stop Puppy Mills Campaign. John, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Hey, thanks for having me. So while these investigations date back to 2017, we want to know what's going on with Petland and these past situation considering... So many people are not only adopting pets, but also buying them as companions during this COVID-19 epidemic. Sure. Yeah, and, and we've done undercover investigations in eight different Petland stores in the last two years. And what we've found behind the scenes is very, very different than what's portrayed in the marketing materials or even when you're standing on the sales floor. It's a horror story. We found numerous sick animals. We found dead animals in the store freezer. And this all goes back to the business model they use of using these large commercial breeding operations and inhumane transport and then having them live in glass display cases while people who don't really have veterinary backgrounds attempt to take care of them. I'm not asking you all of your investigative techniques, but were employees and former employees helpful in this investigation? So we did have people who got employed at Petland stores, and they were, you know, undercover investigators that weren't really just U.S., but they got jobs at Petland. Now, to the question as to whether employees who were not working for HSU is helpful, some were. But here's what's really surprising. Petland employees largely have to sign non-disclosure agreements when they're hired. Now, let's think about that. This is not, you know, some job in a uh, some sort of laboratory or, or finance firm or someplace where there's proprietary information. These jobs are the equivalent to working at Best Buy or Barnes & Noble or Target or something like that. 
None of those retailers, I just mentioned, have their staff sign non-disclosure agreements. That in and of itself sounds is fishy. A red flag. <laughs> yeah, and they do bully some of these people. I mean, you know, one person who was an employee commented on a, a post on our you know, on our Facebook page about Petland, mentioning something that she had witnessed when she worked there, and she got a cease and desist letter reminding her of the NDA from Petland's lawyers. Wow. Yeah, and the pets that they, they do sell to the general public, they are very, very expensive. Yeah, I mean, not only are they expensive, I mean, you and I talked about this a few years ago. I mean, they, people, somebody came into your office just this week with a mixed breed, you know, designer dog. It was right. $9,000. For $9,000. I mean, I don't, I mean, you might be able to buy a Tibetan Terrier for 10 but $9,000. A Tibetan Terrier along with a new vehicle. Right. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. terriers are expensive dogs, yeah. but I mean, still nine thousand dollars. You could have adopted a dog and gave and gave the rest of the money to a local shelter or a few shelters. Anyway, okay. If you just join us, we're talking with John Goodwin about the Humane Society investigation of national retailer Petland. Okay, since Petland is a national retailer, how have states reacted to these various investigations? I know you said that you had been in numerous pet lands. I'm assuming they've been in different states, correct? Yes, eight stores, seven states. Uh, I think it was Texas where we did two stores, one in Tyler, which is about an hour and a half east of Dallas, and one in Frisco, which is a suburb of Dallas. But otherwise, they were all different states. And the reactions varied. Yeah, probably the best reaction was in Fairfax, Virginia, uh, our undercover investigator, when she left the store, there were 14 dead rabbits piled up in the store freezer. Rabbits were just dying on the sales floor, one after the other. And they weren't taking them to that to find out why. They just let the death continue. And we notified uh, various officials in the state. It, it ended up going to the Fairfax Police Department, who did a, a search warrant. They executed a search warrant on the store. And this was a few weeks after our investigator left. But when the Fairfax Police Department went in, there were 31 dead rabbits and a dead Yorkshire Terrier puppy in the freezer. So two of their store managers were charged with animal cruelty. And because of COVID, the trial keeps getting delayed. It's now set, I believe, for August 13th. But that was probably the best reaction, and that shut the store down. You know, everyone listening, I mean, the reason we're talking about this is, you know, it's not so you'll buy a purebred dog from a reputable breeder, or it's not so you'll go to a local shelter and adopt a dog. We want you to understand that you have to really understand where your dog or cat or bunny is coming from. Well, as a practicing, yeah. vet, as a practicing veterinarian who sees a number of pets that come from all different sources, including Petland, we automatically have a red flag that we, we get when the, when the puppy comes in that was just purchased that's already having medical issues. They're trying to make the people happy, and it produces so much agony over a longer period of time when these health issues are something that are lifelong sort of things. But at the same time, we really don't want to destroy the opportunity for people to go out and find pets to purchase or to adopt. And we just wish that they would do a better job doing that. So, John, thank you so much for joining us today. What great information. Hopefully, the listening Pet public really listens to this with great sincerity. You know, I always like having John on because we talk about these hard issues, these consumer issues, these pet owner, pet lover issues. 
Well, everyone, that was John Goodwin from the Humane Society of the United States discussing the organization's investigation of national retailer Petland. You have an option when acquiring a pet. Consider saving a dog's life by adopting a dog, cat, or bunny. And if you want to buy a pet, please buy one from a reputable breeder. Up next, we're talking about global pet news. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. And now for global pet news. And now, pet buzz news from around the globe. A dog that disappeared in Kansas earlier this month has been found more than 50 miles away at her owner's previous home. Well, Cleo, she's a four-year-old Labrador mix, was reported missing from a town in Kansas around July 12th. They reported several days later she showed up on the porch of her old home in Lawson, Missouri, believe it or not. So Colton Michael, the new owner, told local media that he and his wife had moved there almost two years ago. At first, Cleo was a little anxious, which, you know, was to be expected when anyone came near her. But Mr. Michael said... That eventually he earned Cleo's trust and had her scanned for a microchip, which owners often fit with personal information so their pets can be traced if they go missing. Well, anyway, the mic revealed the name of Cleo's owner, who had posted a missing appeal on Facebook earlier in the week. Mr. Michael said that his wife recognized the name as the former owner of the home. So Mr. Michael said when he spoke to CNN, because this is big news, said Cleo's owner, Drew, was kind of speechless when he was told that she was found back at her old house. You know, I really think this is fascinating. So if you recall a few weeks ago, we had the foster mother from Washington State whose foster dog to return to her after being placed in a home with two kids. She actually didn't like the home with the two kids. She wanted to go back to the foster mother. And the foster mother felt that the minute the dog left the house, she should have kept her. Well, it just was meant to be. It took this particular dog or that dog three months in the dead of winter to return back to her foster mom. This is a topic that I want to further explore, and I'm going to try to look for a guest who can talk about this this, this home, this in-home mechanism of how dogs 
return to their homes. I think that would be a fascinating topic, and I'm sure you will agree. Well, I'm just told our next guest is on the phone, so let me do an introduction to the segment. There's one cool cat in St. Pete, that's St. Petersburg, Florida. He's making a big splash in and out of the water. His name is Fisher, and this fantastic feline is known for his love of the H2O, the water. Now, his owner is parlaying his love of the water into publicity, product endorsements, and cash. (laughs) So joining us today is Finn Williams, who is here to talk about his water-loving cat. Fisher. Hey, Finn. Welcome to the Pet Buzz. Hi, Dr. Fleck. Hi, Charlotte. Tell us about your cat and his love of the water. Well, we uh, we live on the water in the St. Pete area, and uh, we just do what we like to do, and we just bring Fisher along, and that's pretty much this is a short and simple answer. <laughs> so that means he goes into the water with you and paddle boarding and Absolutely. all these activities, right? Okay. Yeah, so- he goes paddle boarding, tubing, tubing. swimming. Yes, ma'am. Tubing and swim. Wow. I don't know that many cats. You know any cats who get in the water? No, and you get videos of this, correct? Uh, yes, we do. Ooh. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I mean, it's got it all. Okay, so tell us how you introduced your pet to the water, because I know a lot of cat owners like to swim, but they can't imagine, let alone giving their dog a cat a bath, putting <laughs> him in the water and swimming him in the Gulf of Mexico with him. So, so how'd you introduce him? <laughs> Well, Maine Coons uh, naturally like water. He, you know, would go into the sink. He would go into the shower. So we actually started him when he was uh, eight weeks old. We started putting him in a little kiddie pool. We gradually just put a little bit of water in it at a time. And then, you know, over time, we just started just adding water, adding water. And we went on Amazon and bought these little electronic fish that you can put in the water and they swim around just to get him, you know, to keep him interested in the water and, you know, gave him treats. And uh, we just kind of, you know, acclimated him to getting in the water. I bet those were some high-value treats, Dr. Fleck. <laughs> I bet you they were. He had the electronic fish to keep him busy. He knew if he played around and he was going to get some snacks. Pavlov. I know. Yep. It's totally amazing. Pavlov. And now we actually know he's a big cat because he's a Maine Coon. So that's a big cat. Yeah. Yeah. So, Finn, we know you and your girlfriend, you love water sports. So tell us how you share your interest with Fisher. Well, yes, we go out in the boat. We, Like I said, we live right on the water. We just let him do whatever we do, whether it's traveling, you know, whatever it is. We put him on the paddle board. We put him on the inner tube with us. We swim around. We have like a big water lily, a, lot of, a water mat that he goes on, and he just – you know, swims around with us and we just play normal. Like he's a, we actually treat him like he's our kid. So he does everything we do. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I mean, I've seen a video of him going paddle boarding with your girlfriend, Lorraine, and he's just like, yeah, okay, where's my cocktail? Okay. We're going to get into the ching ching. The ka-ching. The ka-ching. Yes. Okay. We know there's some money involved in this. This is pretty cool. So, Fisher is starting to get noticed and make some money. So tell us about that. Who's the sponsors? Well, right now we have Airhead Water Sports, Power Pole, Shallow Water Anchor, 
Fido Pet Products, which is his life preserver company, uh, Gator Gems Tackle, and um, you know, mostly it's just uh, we we receive goods from them. Uh, but we have done one little uh, small commercial, and we've got about four hundred dollars for that. So that's been great. A star is brewing. I, know, I really like that. Okay, okay. so Fisher's going to be a, a TV star, you know. So where's cool. he going to be featured? Well, he just won uh, the True Panion Pet Insurance, uh, one of their contests they had. He was one out of 30. Well, they had 30 total, and they picked the top 10. He actually came in number one, but they take the top 10, and they get to star in their national TV commercial. So in the next probably six to eight weeks, they're going to start filming that. Then you can see him on your TV. And then we could say Dr. Fleck. We knew that. We know that cat. At the beginning of his celebrity yeah, development. We, we, well, we should say we recognize him. We'll have to have you come in. Once the commercial comes in, we'll have to have you bring him into the studio so we can pose for pictures we would love with that. him. We like that. That's kind of fun. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. We got. We have to get some more cat stuff. Yeah, he's just over the bridge. Yeah, he's just. So I only have one. I mean, this is so funny because, you know, we talked about this. Finn and I talked about this. How, our stu- how you know, mo- we do a lot of dog stuff on the show because it's hard to find cat stuff. And I'm looking around the studio and I'm like, we have the, actually one of the antiques in the studio is a, it's in the corner over there, Dr. Flood. Mm-hmm. It's a coat rack. That's a cat. It's like mm. a Halloween black cat. That's, you know, actually we got to get some more cat stuff before, uh, before Ben uh, and uh, Fisher come in. Well, well, Finn, Absolutely. we are really looking forward for Fisher being on TV and we want to thank you so much for sharing your time. And Fisher's time with us today. Yeah, I mean, how many water-loving cats do you know? Not many. I, know. I mean, so why don't you know you you Maine Coon people out there? Maybe you should get the ball rolling. I mean, you can't be Fisher, the original, but at least we could see like what's going on. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I just love these human interest stories, these pet stories, and you know, I wonder if uh, you know him, Hayden, my Himalayan, uh, would like the water. Probably not. The pool. Probably not. The Gulf of Mexico. Definitely not. He does, he is used to getting a bath because he was a show cat. Okay. But uh, let me think about it for a second. No, I don't <laughs> think so. I definitely don't think so. Well, to learn more about Fisher, mm-hmm. you got to check him out on Facebook at Fisher the Maine Coon. <laughs> so you got to go to the Facebook page. You're going to see some great pictures and some videos. And maybe you guys out there will get some inspiration for activities with your cat. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Well, you know, it's always too soon to wrap the show. We're wrapping already? I know, we're wrapping already. But before we go, we got to give you a preview for next week's show. So next week, we're going to talk about coping with the loss of a pet. Mm. We're going to talk about how dogs manage to find their way home and how dogs can help toddlers learn emotional skills. But you know what? Let's give some special thanks to our guests this week, Dr. Emily McCool. Super cool. Super cool. John Goodwin. He's cool, too. And Finn Williams. Finn's cat. Fisher is great. Okay. And of course, we must always thank the, uh, our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet making better skin coated ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And if you have any questions, write us at team at thepetbuzz.com. 
We'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as listen to your favorite streaming channels and listen to the Link Podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet-related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.